Welcome to Southie Sessions, a podcast presented by Allison South Marketing and hosted by me, Emily Ann Lively. Here at Allison South, we ring a cowbell to celebrate our successes, whether big or small. On this show, we'll be celebrating successes with ink slingers, idea bringers, scribblers and strategists from the Augusta area and beyond. We'll get to hear their started from the kitchen table stories and learn why they ring the cowbell. Welcome back to another episode of Southie Sessions. I'm your host, Emily Ann Lively, and I'm very fortunate that um, through Allison South, I've gotten to partner with and work alongside today's guest. Not only is he the president and CEO of the Columbia County Chamber of Commerce, but he's also a professional photographer and a pretty great (laughs) podcast host himself. Something. I don't know about great, but. <laughs> and um, a hockey goalie in a former yeah. life. Just yeah. throwing that in there. Yep. Not going to expand on that. <laughs> um, please welcome Russell Lahodney. Thank, Thank you, you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This is great. And uh, for beating me here to the recording and getting here early and showing us all up. So Overachiever. Thank you. <laughs> One day out of the year. Oh, okay. Today's the day. <laughs> the, today's done. the day. Yep. <laughs> um, so you became the president and CEO, correct me if I'm wrong, of the Columbia County Chamber in 2020, correct? That's correct, yeah. During a pandemic. During a pandemic. And you're not even from Georgia or Evans or nope. anything close to that. Nowhere so close. Kind of walk me through <clears throat> that. I mean, you took a new job, but you moved yeah. your whole family across the U.S. So yeah. Kind of tell me about that transition. So that, how long do you have, how long is this podcast, right? right? (laughs) Um, That was an experience that uh, will probably be unrivaled in my lifetime. Um, And I hope it's unrivaled (laughs) in my lifetime, quite frankly. Um, We, you know, I've, so kind of backstory, like you were alluding. Right. um, Born and raised Californian. Where Um, in California? So all over, okay. I was, I was born in Southern California, Panorama city, San Fernando Valley kind of area. Cool. And then, um, you know, fifth grade, I moved up to a small town in, in, uh, Eastern, uh, central part of California called Bishop. Bishop. Um, okay. Uh, most people don't know about it unless they're a skier and they go to Mammoth Mountain. Um, then people know it. Are you a skier? Uh, snowboarder. Snowboarder. I'm a, okay. a, a, a reformed skier and now a, a snowboarder. Love so. it. Well, we don't have a lot of that around here, so. No, I'm learning. Yes. I'm learning. It's just ice. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, I grew up in, in that small town, um, and loved it. Lived on the mountain most of the weekends out of the year. So cool. Um, we had a great uh, owner. So back when I lived there, it was privately owned by uh, Dave McCoy, and he he was invested in it and in the community. And so, if you were a student and you showed your student body card, you could ski for a dollar. What? Your lift ticket was a dollar. Um, the caveat was it had to be on a weekend or a school holiday. So you couldn't skip school to go skiing. Uh huh. They rigged that one yeah. pretty well. But but it was it was brilliant on their yeah. part. You know they hook you to the sport, and then you're not going to just give it up. Right. So you know once you graduate, you're paying full fare now, God. or instant employee. Right. Because you're you a want ski the lift free, operator. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so there's nothing I worked, wrong with that. I worked at the mountain for probably five years after I graduated high school. Just That's so I could so get my cool. free ski pass. Yeah. Um, learned a lesson there that actually 
you know, once you start working there, then you're like, I don't want to be there on my day off. <laughs> so I never really used the pass once I, I started working there, but right. you know, that's um, awesome. so yeah, I uh, lived there for years. Then I went to college in uh, junior college in the central Valley in the Fresno area, a little town called Visalia. Okay. Um, graduated from there with my associate degree and then headed back down to Southern California, Orange County area. I lived in Fullerton, went to Cal State Fullerton, go Titans. Um, (laughs) We're not known for anything but baseball. Okay. Okay. Um, And then baseball, I'm into baseball right now. Just we, I think we've got six titles now. So yeah, but we don't have a football team. So, you know, I I feel kind of out of place in the South because everybody's got their team and I'm like, I got no dog in this fight. Yeah. You're just, I'm neutral. Yeah. You know, go Braves. That's right. Go whoever. It's, yeah. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so then, yeah, I, I was down in Orange County for 16 years. Wow. Okay. Worked for, so I started my chamber career uh, in Orange County. I started for the Irvine Chamber of Commerce. I was there for seven years. Wow. Uh, doing communications. Okay. Um, and then moved up to the Anaheim Chamber of Commerce, where I was there for another five years. Um, I was the senior vice president uh, of communications there. Wow. And then moved up to the California Chamber of Commerce. So our last uh, stint in our location in California was in the Sacramento area. Okay. Um, and we, we lived there for another, what, six years, roughly. Um, all, all in the chamber industry, uh, loving what I do. And, and then this opportunity kind of came up. Uh, I, I knew the recruiter, um, and just kind of, like you said, the, the pandemic had hit, um, the California chamber was kind of, you know, going through some restructuring to kind of, you know, make sure that we were solvent through the pandemic and rightly so, uh, as most companies kind of had to do. Um, but, uh, there was just an opportunity that, uh, you know, we were expecting our third child and, um, you know, this opportunity. I forgot was like, that Kimberly yeah. was pregnant at the same time as yeah. well. So that's yeah. three another, huge. Another wrinkle in yeah. the, in, in the story. Wow. Um, but this opportunity came up and it was a great opportunity. My, my boss was super supportive. Um, and you know, like I said, I, I've been in the industry long enough and it just, it was about time to, to make that step. Right. And, and so here we are, we made that trek. Uh, I, I would not recommend it. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, during a pandemic, uh, during, you know, a pregnancy, during all those things. But, uh, you know, we all survived. We're all here and well, enjoying it. And well, we're happy to have you here, first of all. Thank but, you. um, and we love Kimberly, your wife. She's, she's the best. She's special. Yes. But not only are you, you know, taking a job during a pandemic and having a baby and moving across the country, but especially in your role in the chamber, that's such an integral part of the economy and keeping yeah. businesses going, especially during that time. I mean, what was that like? That's got to be so much pressure on you to kind of see businesses thrive despite going through so much hardship. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's really interesting. I mean, coming from California where it was a much different reaction to the pandemic, right? You know, the reaction was let's shut everything down. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it was really refreshing coming here where everyone's just kind of like, it's open, 
Right. You know, I mean, even when we were out here interviewing and, and going through the process, it was, it was really weird because it was like, you know, we're going everywhere. We've got masks in hand and everyone else is like not wearing masks. And right. it's like, okay, I, I can, <laughs> I can get on board with this, right. you know? Uh, but it, it just, just the difference between the two states and how they kind of, you know, their approach to, and, and I'm not saying one's right or wrong. It's right. just, you know, the difference. And, and we, we kind of enjoyed that a little bit more freedom. And I think the business community is kind of, fared a mm-hmm. lot better because of that you know the right. leadership uh, here uh the governor kemp has has done an outstanding job from my perspective at mm-hmm. least keeping the business community open and, and that's been right. huge as far as communication efforts i know obviously you shifted into the president ceo role so you had to kind of you're still yeah. doing communication but you're not that's right as heavily involved mm-hmm. did the chamber have to kind of reevaluate what they were doing to communicate and network. I mean, networking is such a huge part of what you yeah. do, but with a pandemic, you kind of have to decide, are we doing this in person or yeah. six feet apart or what, what does this yeah. kind of look like? <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. There, there, there was a shift mm-hmm. and industry wide, you know, it's, it's not just been, you know, here in Columbia County or, you know, in uh, at the Augusta Metro chamber, I mean, right. s- nationwide. And, I'll be honest, there are some chambers that still aren't doing in-person events Mm -hmm. because of, for whatever reason, you know, they might be in a community that's maybe a little bit more at risk or, Mm -hmm. or something of that nature. But, um, you know, our perspective and and our approach is, you know, we're going to do, you know, what's best for our business community, you know. And what that is, you know, and what you're comfortable with is totally up to you. And that's Mm -hmm. fine, you know, but there are people that want to get together and they want to, you know, network and they want to, you know, do all these things. So we're going to, we're going to do our best to balance it. And, you know, um, we've been pretty successful, I think so far kind of managing that whole thing. And, you know, we've had a couple major events and and most of the people have been, you know, this is great. You know, I'm, I'm tired of the zoom. Yeah. I'm tired of the zoom calls. I'm tired of this. And it's just like being able to provide a venue for people to, to get out. That's what it's about really. I mean, we're about connecting people and, and it's hard to connect people digitally, you know? Um, I do think there's been a shift though. And you're (coughs) a prime example of that in, um, kind of the podcasting world too. I mean, you've been able to connect with so many people and kind of keep a narrative going through your podcast, which has been awesome. So tell us about that too. I want to hear about it. So yeah, I, you know, part of when I, when I started the job, you know, I I kind of had committed to the board that, you know, the first 100 days I was going to have a hundred meetings. And so, yeah, it was, it was a little aggressive. Where did that goal come from? You know, so I've been in the chamber industry nearly 20 years and the last stint I was working at uh, an association too. So I was at the California chamber, but we also headed up the Western association for chamber executives. And I had kind of been in that world and had talked to other executives were new to the position and new to areas that they you know had moved into and each of them had kind of had a similar thing where it was like okay when i go in i'm going to make it a goal to meet with 100 people in 100 days and it 
it's a way to kind of get you out into the community and having that goal kind of helps drive it so that you don't get stuck in the office. Right. Because you can get stuck in the office doing paperwork all day long. Yes. You know, answering emails or this and that. But it's like, it's a way to, to force you to get out into the community and meet the important people in the community. So I kind of had that goal and, and it's, it's been great. I didn't, I fell a couple, I fell a couple, I fell a couple people short, um, you know, but I'll, I'll take the excuse that, uh, that, you know, the pandemic has allowed, um, I had multiple meetings and ended up having to get canceled or something because, you know, somebody was exposed and, and, you know, so we had to cancel something. I think you get a pass on that. Yeah, I thank you. Yes. Um, but I, but I came close. I was in the nineties, I think uh, mid nineties. Um, you know, That's insane. So it was pretty Congrats. insane considering, awesome. considering the circumstances. I'll, yeah, I'll, I call it a victory. That's a victory. Um, you That's know, a lot of people. There was, there was a certain point where I, I was afraid I wasn't going to come even close. Right. Because you know, I was getting meetings canceled or postponed or pushed back or whatever, um, so so we made it. That's we made awesome. It are these just individuals? They're not members, or it was a little bit of a mix everyone. of everybody. Okay, yeah, it was uh, you know um, you know some some of our religious leaders. It was you know members. It was some of our chairman circle members. I mean, it it ran the gamut. It That's really awesome. did. But um, and I wanted it to be. A mix because I wanted to hear from everybody what's what are the challenges I mean mm-hmm. those were some of the questions that I was asking what are your biggest challenges mm-hmm. and um, you know unfortunately we ran into a time frame where everybody had the same challenge so I knew what the answer was going to be right and that was finding workforce right but and that's still a challenge it as is well. it is and it's not going away anytime soon yeah but and mixing in um uh, the, what's the word where everything's taking forever to get here. Yeah. Well, the supply chain, <laughs> yeah, supply chain. you know, wow, I have not had enough coffee today. <laughs> supply I chain totally understand. and workforce is just not going away. No. And those are going to be, you know, I, I feel like the supply chain issue with some good leadership could be a little bit better. Right. But the workforce issue is going to take I think a longer term to really iron out where's the disconnect, where are yes. the employees? Um, and I have some theories, but you know, they're yeah. theories. Yeah, exactly. So. We don't have to get into all that. No, today. We'll <laughs> listen to your podcast and find out more yes. when you talk about it on there. So there tell us go. it's called so it's ROI. Ra- yeah. ROI range of influence. Great name. Yeah. Love it that. was, it was, and that was part of it too. You know, we wanted to talk to the influencers in the community and really kind of discuss and see what makes them tick, what influences them. Um, and, you know, it's been a great way for me to, again, kind of on that, that track of doing 100 meetings in 100 days, it's another avenue for me to bring people from the community in and for me to get to know them. You know, and it's not just limited to the Evans area, right? No, it's kind of no, all we're over doing, the CSRA. We're doing all over the the CSRA. We're That's doing, awesome. you know, I mean, we just recently had uh, Colonel Pick and and Dr. Tom Clark. You know, obviously both very heavily connected to Fort Gordon. Right. Um, great conversation. One of my favorite episodes. It was so a great far, episode. You know. Uh, we just had fun just sitting there talking. I mean, and we talked about some heavy stuff mm-hmm. too. 
Um, but but it's good for the community to yeah. hear that narrative and understand yeah. what's going on. Who's your co-host? Uh, Reagan Williams. Okay. So he's with uh, Maybaum. Um, he's our currently our immediate past chair. So he was the chair when I was hired. So okay. he was kind of like my connection uh, when I got hired. He was he was he was the person that I kind of dealt with. And um, you know when I came in and through the interview process, you know he he kind of kept needling me. He's like are we going to do a podcast? Are we going to do a podcast? And I was like, <laughs> let's do a podcast. So that's awesome. So he's he got a good to, personality too. Does. And the two of y'all together have great camaraderie. Yeah. And, and I think it's great too, because, you know, obviously me being the newcomer, you know, I know so much, mm-hmm. I know as much as I read or as right. much as I find from conversations, but having Reagan, who's been here a lot longer than I have, right. can come in and fill in kind of some of the details. So when we're interviewing people, he's got, He's got the perspective of more of a local. Right. And, you know, I've got the outsider. So I get to ask the, you know, the awkward, dumb questions. You yeah. Know? Who's this new guy? Yeah. I mean, right? Why doesn't he know? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's been good. We've, uh, you know, we've had, uh, I think uh, we're on 13 episodes now, I think wow. roughly. But uh, And it's on it's all kinda, streaming platforms. Yep. Okay, anywhere, great. Uh, anywhere you listen to a podcast, you can find us. So. That's awesome. So do you think it also kind of scratches your creative itch too? Because I know you, you know, you're yeah. a photojournalist at a heart. That's right. Which, where did you get your start in that? Back when you were... Yeah. So back when I was living in Bishop. Okay. Um, so another way people might be familiar with Bishop is if you're a fan of Ansel Adams, uh-huh. you've seen the Owens Valley. Yes. You've seen that that perspective from, from the Bishop kind of area. Um, he does an outstanding job, you know, obviously kind of capturing the beauty of of what is the the eastern sierra right um and i grew up like i said i mean i would walk out my front door and i would look at these landscapes that ansel adams so famously photographed Photographed, years and years ago and so i got a love for photography there i was on yearbook you know did the whole geek you know kind of path there is nothing wrong (laughs) with yearbook okay but i enjoyed it um you know i was kind of we went through the the whole photography stuff through yearbook and uh and then when i graduated from high school i kind of just kept it going a little bit and got into junior college so you know a little backstory on my my education path i wanted to be an architect no Um, way yeah so i went through drafting all through high school in our zero period class and and loved it and wanted to pursue that and then got into junior college and started that course and it was like all right there's a lot of math involved in <laughs> in drafting and architecture and and that's it's not what i want to do all the time yeah so you know and and that's you know the great thing about junior college is you can you know find out what you don't want to do yep. at a much lower cost than going to a four-year college and going, Oh, I made a mistake. Yeah. Now I'm going to change, you know, and, <laughs> and then I'm in debt. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I found that out and they had a, um, a kind of a, an industry and technology track where, mm-hmm. uh, they had just purchased a bunch of brand new video, video editing software. And so I was one of the, the guinea pigs for the very first class. And I got in there and again, I had the, ba- the, uh, photography background. And I was like, well, let's just try this out. And then yeah. I really got a bug for, for video of, and videography and video editing. And, 
um, wanted to follow that. Yeah. But then I, so I graduated and then I was going to transfer to Cal State Fullerton and found out that they were kind of operating on uh, some inferior equipment. Oh. And I was like, well, that's a drag. Yeah. You know, I don't want to go backwards. backwards. So I decided I'm going to just take it more the the photojournalism route. And so I went through that, kind of got my degree in, in photojournalism and communications. Um, and then, of course, I graduate and, you know, the whole newspaper industry is trying to determine what they're doing in the new digital age. Right. Uh, many of the ones in the, the newspapers in the area in Orange County were kind of shifting to a freelancer mm. mode. And I was just like, I don't, I need a steady paycheck. I'm the type I need to know that I have right. money coming in and it's not, right. you know, so I didn't follow it. Um, you know, somebody had a better plan for me and, yeah. and I, and I like, I love what I do, but like you said, you know, you still kind of get that itch to do some things. So I mean, I, I find ways to incorporate it. You know, again, the podcast is a great way. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll, we do some video stuff uh, at the chamber where I'll just, you know, call staff member in and say, let's, you know, let's do a video on this. Or, right. So and it's a great so tool to have. It is. Um, it's a great opportunity for us to tell our story in a new and a different way. Uh, but also, you know, like, like you said, kind of gives me an outlet to, to still be creative um, you know, the timeline to get some of these things done makes it a crunch with all the other things that I got going on. But, right. but again, the, the passion for, for that creative side, I just, I can't give it up. Yeah. That's cool. And you still have a website cause I creeped on it. Yeah. Mahogany, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, uh, I, I downplay it a little bit. It's, um, you know, again, it's a little bit of a passion of mine. Again, I was a, I was more of a, uh, landscape photographer I, by trade. I mean, again, where I grew up, that was, that was kind of what well, I, what I love to do. And it's a beautiful subject. So I it get is, it, it yeah. is, you can't make a lot of money in it right. because you know, there, there people take pictures all over the place, you know, right. The, the portrait photography is a little bit more where the money is, but, uh, I was not about to be a wedding photographer and yeah, that I couldn't, just, I couldn't do that either. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure too. I did, I did a couple <laughs> weddings and, and I did it more as favors for, for, you know, friends or, or family or whatever. But I get that. But yeah, I wasn't going on the, the wedding uh, photography circuit. <laughs> right. I think Not you made me. a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love my job. Um, you know, it's, it's in a lot way, in a lot of ways, it's much more fulfilling than, than photography. I love photography, but you know, what I'm doing now is having such an impact on thousands of businesses yep. as opposed to me, you know, serving, you know, couples here and there. And I love that. Right. But it's just taking it to the, like a much bigger scale. Right. So I do want to touch on that a little bit um, before we have to go here, but yeah. I want to talk about, you know, your, your view of investing in the chamber yeah. and how it's much more than a ribbon cutting. Can That's you right. kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah. You know, there's, there's been some narrative and, and rightly so, because for the longest time, chambers were of that kind of like, you know, where the ribbon cuttings, where the networking, where the, this, where the, that, um, but the, the chamber of the 21st century can't be that anymore. Right. You know, you look in the community and you've got, you know, other organizations that are kind of doing the networking part of it. 
Yeah. And that's great. Um, and we, we still provide networking opportunities, but they're not going to be your traditional things per se. Um, you know, where the chamber sweet spot is, is really creating a strong local economy. And how do you do that? You know, it's through participating, you know, being an advocate for the business community with legislative issues. So whatever's going on in either Atlanta or Washington, D.C., right. we're able to weigh in and say, hey, you know, business, the business community is not cool with this because mm-hmm. it's going to impact them in this way. Right. Or, you know, you kind of check down the list or this is important. We need to pass this because, you know, you know, they're struggling. They right. can't, they can't do a certain thing. So, you know, whatever it is, you know, the, the chamber is the perfect vehicle to be that, that advocate, because, you know, we think about it, we're about a thousand members right now. Mm. We're the voice of 1000 businesses in the greater Augusta region. That's incredible. You know, we're, we're speaking on behalf of a thousand member companies. Um, and that carries a lot of weight with our legislators. So, right. you know, for one company to go to a state representative and say, hey, you know, this is a problem. That's one thing. But for the chamber to come and say, hey, look. A thousand businesses. We've got a thousand business businesses that say this is important and you need to look at this. Right. That carries a lot of weight. And that's, it's a huge, um, you know, it's a huge way for the chamber to actively kind of support the business community and take that, that thing that, that, you know, takes business owners away from them doing what they love best. It takes that off the plate for them so that we can be that person that says, you do what you do best, right? You go run your business, you go be a photographer, you go be a, you know, whatever it is your business is, you go do that. We're going to protect you on the other side so that you can do what you love. To me, that's like, I don't know, I get passionate about that. Yeah. It, it's, but that's where the chamber's sweet spot is. You know, we're still about connecting people, you know. Anybody can call me up at any time and say, do you know somebody over here? And I can say, absolutely. Let me set up a meeting between the two of you. We'll do that all day long too. You know, that's, that's another part of our sweet spot, but really the, uh, and, and going back to kind of what you were saying, investing, you know, chamber membership. Yes. There are tangible benefits, right? You know, there are the, you know, the events, there are the maybe discounts here or there or whatever. Uh, but, it's the intangible that's really kind of the important part and the value of, of what the chamber is doing. You know, right. We're out there advocating for, you know, TSPLOS because we need to keep up with the infrastructure in our community mm-hmm. so that we can continue to grow. If we're not growing, then, you know, we're dying. Right. You know, so there is no such thing as status quo or, or maintaining. We have to continue that growth. Um, so kind of keeping up with some of those things and, you know, our, our role is to, to make sure that we're making sure that those things get done. Right. And so that's kind of, again, that's why I call it an investment. You know, you're investing in the community and for, you know, a small fee or a larger fee, depending on whatever, whatever level you're comfortable with. Right. But to me, it's, it's so valuable for people to invest in the community that they, their business is located in 
so that we can go out into the community and tackle some of the problems that we're facing. You know, we talked roughly about a, a workforce, right. you know, workforce is a huge problem. We're, we're starting to, to kind of peel back the onion layers and trying to find some of the root causes for the r- workforce problems. You know, the, the narrative at first was the unemployment, uh, you know, money mm-hmm. was keeping people from the workforce. Well, that money's gone. What's keeping them from the workforce now? Right. You know, the narrative became, well, it was, is maybe it's childcare or maybe it's this or that, you know, there's a couple different things we could talk about. You know, I think there are some people that took that opportunity to retire, mm-hmm. you know, we had the, or to chase their passion projects. So yeah. Many people, a lot of people started their own businesses, right. you know, um, statistics show that there, there was a huge spike in people, uh, you know, opening up their business, taking yep. out business licenses. Uh, so that's one Avenue. You've got the baby boomer generation who's been hanging on in, in the workforce for a long time. And we knew it before the pandemic. Right. We knew that there was going to be, you know, depending on who you talk to, what they call it, the silver tsunami or, mm-hmm. you know, the great resignation or, you know, whatever. We knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. And, but I think the pandemic kind of shifted or flipped that switch and right. made it happen a little quicker than most people were expecting. So, you know, there's a couple different things, but, you know, we looked at childcare and just for an example, we kind of uncovered a little, maybe a, a, a bright spot of a way that, that we can be impactful in mm-hmm. that, you know, people, there's such a long wait list for people to get their kids in preschool. Mm-hmm. And obviously if your kids aren't in preschool or daycare, you can't go to work. Right. Or at least you can't go full time. Right. So and what we found in talking to some of the, the preschools or the daycares is they're running at about 50% capacity mm. because they can't find employees. So it's an endless cycle. It's it's kind of like <clears throat> a self-perpetuating, you know, issue. So one of the things that we're looking at is how can we how can we maybe help the the uh, the childcare industry uh, to to recover or you know kind of get over some of those hurdles because you're talking about an industry that they're not paying an exorbitant amount of money to the people that work there, so they've got to up their salaries a little bit and then the benefits. And then it's a, it's, it's a tangled web of, of all these little things. So we're, we're looking at some opportunities to kind of unpack some of that and tackle those issues so that we can get maybe some things rolling again. If we can get some more students in, in daycares, then more people can maybe get back into the workforce. And right. So, yeah, those are the types of things to me that it's like investing in, in the chamber is an investment into the community by us being able to have the 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 means to solve some of these problems and advocate yeah, on their behalf. Absolutely, that's so. fantastic. So, if someone wanted to uh, become a member, what is the best way to facilitate that? Yeah, I mean, probably the best way to get, I mean, twenty four seven kind of information is obviously our website. All right, you know, ColumbiaCountyChamber.com. Great. Um, there's membership information up there, but uh, if not, just just call the chamber 706-651-0018. Um, you know, we're there. Uh, Daryl Butler's our membership relations Darryl's manager. The He's the best. He's, He's it, great. You know, he has got the personality to be in the chamber industry. He is 
Um, he's a bundle of joy. He, he is. really is. He is. And, he's going to listen to this and also love that I said that. Too. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> he's going to take that and run with it. Yes, he is. <laughs> he is. Um, but we've got a great team of, of, of staff members that, you know, Sabrina Griffin, our new she's vice great. president, she's, she's on it and she is, she is driven. Um, we, you know, we have a goal to hit a thousand members by the end of this year. We're within, about single digit shot of that thousand no member mark. So I think we're, I think we're close. We have to keep up with the retention as well, but, right. um, but you know, I think, I think we're going to get it. So that's fantastic. Well, kind of to round us out here, yeah. um, I like to ask all of my guests about their cowbell moment. So I'll, I'll explain cowbell. what that means. So okay. I'm sure you're familiar with the oh, uh, yeah. cowbell, more cowbell. Will SNL. Ferrell. I mean, yes. It's just, hilarious it's, it's the best iconic it's iconic so here at allison south whenever we do something great whether it's big or small any success we ring the cowbell yeah it's kind of our, it's I love our it. thing I love um it. so when you think back it could be just your time here in columbia county it could be you know in california over your sure. whole life what do you kind of what do you ring the cowbell for any sort of success Ooh. that means the most to you yeah i mean I'm sure there's a professional answer and a yeah. personal answer there, too. There's, so. there's definitely each, yeah. And and I get it because I, you know, our podcast we we ask a kind of a very similar question. Yeah. You know, who's your who's your biggest who's influence? Your, right. You know, and and I've I've started twisting the question a little bit because I'm like, because everybody was saying, well, you know, my, my wife mom or my or mom, my but yes, wife. and it's right. just like. Okay, we're getting the same answer over and over again. Right. So I, I, you know, I threw the the curveball in there of like outside of your family, you're doing great. Yeah, you got this down, right? So, <laughs> um, so yeah, my 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 personal answer would clearly be, you know, my family. Right. Um, you know, my wife has has been an absolute rock. You know, Kimberly's she's awesome. She's moved for me twice. Uh, you know, we moved up to Sacramento right after we got married. Um, and then now we moved out here on we a big trip when she was pregnant during yes. a pandemic, yes. just going to hone in on that. And we're still married. You're doing great. And we're still married. <laughs> um, I'm ringing the cowbell. You're for right. That. I really am. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, to me, that's a little bit of a victory. It is. It um, is. so I, I think from a, a personal standpoint, I, I just think, you know, I, I was victorious in finding the right. Uh, oh, there we go. Oh, there's the cowbell. There's Will. I'm, I'm just glad we don't have to stare at his belly the whole time. Yes, yes. FYI, uh, Irvine High School graduate. Uh, so back where I started what? my chamber career. So we're, there you go. Full we're tying circle it all back. Here. Yeah. I love that. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so Kimberly is probably my... Um, at first, I thought this was going to be a picture of Kimberly up here. <laughs> that I'm is glad definitely that not, is not her. That's definitely that not is, her. <laughs> that, that is definitely not her. Oh. Um, but I would say from there on a professional standpoint, I mean, I think coming in here uh, to Columbia County, taking over the organization and, and kind of keeping it rolling, you know, there could have been a lot of opportunities for you know, things to slip a little bit. And I'm not saying I've done everything perfect, you know, but during a pandemic, you know, keeping the organization growing again, right. Inching up on that thousand member mark to me, I'm going to call that probably one of my cowbell moments for, for my career. I would say so. Well, 
listen, I hope that you make it. We'll do everything we can to get you to that a thousand. So if you're thinking about being a member, yeah. you should join. Um, and listen to Range of Influence yes, on all please. of the platforms. Absolutely. And um, thank you so much for being yeah, here. Yeah, thank you for this having me in. a lot. This was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Let's do it again. All right. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>